0: Hey, and welcome back to Grace Talks, a Christian's women's podcast that studies the Bible, the women in it, and applies it to our lives today. I hope that the month of January treated you well and that you found some motivation to grow and implement some healthy habits into 2022. For February, the devotional topic is centered around two basic concepts, Lord save me and the goodness of God. Holy Spirit, may we meditate on this word from you today and have the opportunity to more deeply know our Father. In Jesus' name. Faith can be hard to grasp onto sometimes. Jesus once told his disciples, the people who left everything to risk their lives and comfort to follow him, that they were struggling to do things that they had the authority to do because they had too little faith in the moment. He told them that if they had faith the size of a mustard seed, they could move mountains. And if you don't know, a mustard seed is barely more than like a speck. Jesus is telling them that if they could just have a speck of true faith and belief, they could tell a mountain to move, and it would. There's a story that I've always loved, but it's been crossing my mind a lot more often during my recent prayers. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33 takes place right after Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land um getting hit by the waves because of the wind that was blowing against it shortly before dawn Jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified it's a ghost they said and they cried out in fear but Jesus immediately said to them take courage it is I don't be afraid lord if it's you peter replied tell me to come to you on the water come he said Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Peter started out with that faith that makes the impossible possible but when he took his eyes off of jesus and focused on the chaos around him the fear and doubt replaced the faith and he began to sink lord save me as if jesus would let him drown you of little faith why did you doubt i understand peter wanting so badly to be more than i am right now pushing past my comfort zone to pursue Jesus, and then feeling fear when I look around and realize how far out I'm leaning into trust. I felt myself start to sink before too, but more than ever, I hear how Jesus told them to take courage and to not be afraid. I hear him lovingly chastise Peter, asking him why he would doubt after everything that he had witnessed. Why would I doubt? Why would I assume that the God who has always provided and always led me would suddenly leave me when he had promised to always be with me. So my prayer has been to ask Jesus to not take me back into the boat. There's this great song called Dancing on the Waves, and I really like the live version by We the Kingdom, but I'm a big visual person. And the idea that plays out in my mind is that each time I sink and I feel fear, I would rather grab onto Jesus's hand and allow him to calm my fears out on the water until I don't fear at all. And I can praise and dance out on the waves. I would rather build up that faith and see where it takes me. than climb back into the security of the boat. I don't want to crave the limitations of the boat because I fear the water and the storms when my God is the one who parts the seas and calms the storms and Commands the heavens. God performed signs and wonders, one after the other, after the other, in Egypt, back in the story of Exodus with the plagues, right? But when faced between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army, the people were afraid and wished to be back under the burden of slavery. In Exodus 14 13 through 16, Moses answered the people, saying, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. There it is again. Do not be afraid. In a completely impossible situation, the Lord makes a way. When Moses first spoke with the Lord, Moses asked him for his name and God responded, I am who I am. We translate this to Yahweh or Jehovah. And why is that important? Because because God is who he is, who he has always been and who he will always be. The God who made a covenant with Abraham to make him into a nation is the same God who swore the devil would be defeated by a son born of a woman. And that was in Genesis, the first few chapters. And he's the same God who promised Moses that he would lead his people into a promised land. And he's the same God who says that you are redeemed and a loved child of his when you place your faith in Jesus. The first verse of Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then the last two verses of that same Psalm say, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This version of goodness translated from Hebrew also means prosperity, and the kind of goods related to wealth it also can be used in saying well and good as in things going well for someone so when i read this i hear that i can remain confident that i will see the goodness the abundance the wealth the love of god in the land of the living which is here and now so even here on earth but also so much more when we greet our good father face to face so it says to wait to be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. The entire Bible from the beginning to the end is telling you not to be afraid, but to have faith. And obviously, bad things happen. The Egyptians enslaved Israel for generations. They get to be free, and within a few days, they're having to feel terror, and they're faced with the potential consequences of what they assume is an unavoidable consequence of pain, suffering, and death. I mean, you can put yourself in their sandals for a moment. You know, they're thinking, should we cower down and hope for mercy under the same Egyptians who have beaten us, enslaved us, killed all of our male babies, all of the male children that have been born in the recent in recent times? And they're angrier than they've ever been before. Or maybe we should just leap into the sea and face drowning and death instead, because that seems better. But God made a way. He parted the waves for them to walk through and protected them. God makes a way. There were three men in the book of Daniel who were told to bow down with everyone else to basically this giant statue, right? They were told to worship it and they refused. They refused to worship anything and anyone other than God. They were thrown into a furnace because of this disobedience. They willingly faced death, but they did not die. Another was in the fire with them and not a hair on their head was singed. They did not even smell of smoke when they walked out of the furnace. God makes a way. Jesus was tortured, mocked, and hung on a cross. Satan was cheering when he breathed his last breath. If there was ever a time that felt like evil had won, that was it. But three days later, there was an empty tomb and a defeated devil. God makes a way. Isaiah 43 verses 1 through 7 says, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. One more time of that part. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. To redeem is to pay a ransom. Listen, sin accumulates debt. The cost of sin, that debt, is death. But God said, no, bring me my sons and daughters, bring them to me, even the ones who have strayed to the ends of the earth, bring them back to me those children that I formed and made and created for my glory. I will redeem these broken creations of mine. And how? How could you balance the debt of a sinful world with the infinite value of the blood of Jesus? You are redeemed. He calls you his, so that when you need to walk on or through waters of seemingly impossible situations or when you're in the fire of suffering and grief, you are not alone. He created us to glorify his goodness. He created us to know him, to love and be loved by him. Holy Spirit, you are so good to teach us these things. My takeaway from this is to remind myself that God is good. He will do what he said. He will be with me always. And for every doubt or fear that I feel in my life, he has confidence and peace to provide for me in a double portion. I want to finish this up with reading a poem of sorts. It was one that my grandma Sue loved as much as I did. And it's called The Will of God. It says that the will of God will never take you where the grace of God cannot keep you, where the arms of God cannot support you, where the riches of God cannot supply your needs, where the power of God cannot endow you, the will of God will never take you, where the Spirit of God cannot work through you, where the wisdom of God cannot teach you, where the army of God cannot protect you, where the hands of God cannot mold you. The will of God will never take you, where the love of God cannot unfold you, where the mercies of God cannot sustain you, where the peace of God cannot calm your fears, where the authority of God cannot overrule for you. The will of God will never take you, where the comfort of God cannot dry your tears, where the word of God cannot feed you, where the miracles of God cannot be done for you, where the omnipresence of God cannot find you. Let's pray for faith. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for every prayer that we lift up, that you hear and that you answer. I want to thank you that you are a God who tells us to not be afraid. That you are a God who provides peace. That you are a God who provides infinite love. That you are a God that guides those who look for your guidance. Lord, I thank you for being a comforter. And I thank you for being a holy and perfect and just God, Lord. I pray that you deepen our faith in you. That you give us not just the freedom and the confidence, but the joy that comes from leaning into you and trusting in you and being willing to take those leap of faith into the waves to walk with you in places that seem impossible to go through, go through seas that you split before us. When you move mountains to make a way for us to do things that we never would have believed possible, Lord, we thank you for every moment that you have proved yourself to us, that you have reminded us of how much you love us. God, I pray that you deepen our understanding of you, that you further our trust, Lord, in you. And I pray that we live lives, God, that glorify who you are, that glorify your goodness. God, I pray that each person that listens to this comes in contact with you in a strong way, Lord. That they're reminded of your goodness, your provision, your presence, your love, and your mercy. Lord, we love you and we thank you for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Lastly, I have a few additional readings for those of you who want to look into this a little bit more. I only have three this time instead of the many like last month. Um, But this time it is, the first one can be found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. The next one would be Psalm 145. And then the last one I have listed down is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 18. So thank you for joining in as God is teaching me new things. Feel free to reach out on social media if you have any questions about what I covered today, or if you just need someone to pray for you. Just remember that God loves you. I love you. You are important. You have worth and you have a purpose. I'm off to go find some water to walk on. See ya.